Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Get It Whacked, the Macclesfield Cricket Club podcast. Over the coming weeks and months, we intend to go behind the scenes of Max EC and meet some of the players and characters at the club, find out some things about them you never knew, or most likely never wanted to know, and above all, hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Macclesfield Cricket Club is grateful for the continued support of our various sponsors. Today's featured sponsor is MKM Building Supplies. MKM Building Supplies is the UK's largest independent builders merchant with over 60 branches across England and Scotland, including MKM Leisure, a specialist distributor for the caravan and holiday homes industry. They aim to be the one-stop shop for building, timber and plumbing supplies and stock a wide range of products from the industry's leading manufacturers, all at competitive prices. They hold high levels of stock on site to ensure both customers in the building trade and the general public can get what they need when they need it. They also offer a free, reliable local delivery service to help your projects run smoothly. Without further ado, I would like to introduce today's guest. Widely considered as one of the club's senior pros, this man retired from Saturday cricket at the end of the 2019 season following an illustrious career. Till his retirement, he was also the only remaining playing member of the former Parkside Cricket Club. I defy any captain to get the ball out of his hands when he's taken more than one wicket and buy him a pint and he'll gladly explain why it's more than acceptable to have two mid-offs at the same time. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. David Cowan. DC, how are you, mate? <laughs> Fine, Skipper. Not bad at all. <laughs> Very good. Um, how is uh, how is the lovely weather in uh, in Mac treating you today? Well, I'm in Poynton, mate, but it's probably as cold as it is where you are. To be fair, it's about ten degrees, isn't it? So shorts are off. Excellent. Well, you know, it's April. I if you're anything like me, um, I I just uh, I just get the shorts out and, and go from there. But even when it is that cold, well, when it's been warm, I've had the budgie smugglers on. To be fair, in the back garden, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure the people of Poynton are uh, thanking you for that. I know I would. Well, thankfully, I'm in the back garden. They can't see me. Otherwise, they wouldn't be on my look. Very good. Very good. Um, Dee, tell us what you're doing when uh, when you aren't playing cricket. Nowadays, very little. Just doing what the wife tells me a lot of the time, really. I'm working. I work for a, a printing company. I've, done, I've worked in print for 20 odd years now. Um, in advertising, uh, events, exhibitions, retail, that sort of stuff, signage. Did a few things for the club a few years ago. There was little dive bomb panels and stuff around the club. Uh, Aside from that, just trying to keep Mrs. Cowan happy and make sure she's all right, you know. Yeah, very good. And uh, are you in relatively good books at the moment or uh, or is it doghouse? We're doing all right. All things considered over the last few weeks, yeah, we're getting on fine. I'm just glad I'm not one of those people who's uh, sat on their own climbing the walls, fortunately. Having somebody with you in the house when you're locking down is... A lot more fun than your own, isn't it? It is, mate. I can uh, I can definitely agree with you there, and I'm glad to glad to hear you're not in the doghouse. I'm um, I'm doing my best to to stay out of it, but you know we're only ten seconds away from it, aren't we? Let's be honest. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Good thing is Sarah's working, so all day for the day. If I'm not doing jobs around the house, or I'm not working myself. Sarah's busily working away upstairs in her room, so I don't see very much of her through the day, through the working day. But this last weekend's been a bit heavy. She likes a wine like I do. <laughs> I was about to say, if you uh, if you found, found chance for the odd beer, or how are we doing? Yeah, yeah. I have to have early doors is now on my own, rather than going to make the builders in the pub. So, usually start about half past three. I've got a few WhatsApp groups going, so get the pictures of the San Miguel, or the Stella, or the red wine, or the rosé, or whatever. Get the picture on there with the lads in the group, and we all start having a drink about, about three, between half three and four. Today, heavy weekend though mate I'm 
not touching a drop today. Just water. I've done about five pints of water already today. So, oh, like a racehorse. <laughs> Doing my press ups this morning, trying to keep it real. So I'm trying to get a decent night's sleep. Very good. Dece, I think we should move on to some cricket here. What would you say your earliest cricketing memories are? I think that my earliest cricketing memories are probably playing in the back garden like everyone else. But with regards to actually playing competitively, it would be junior cricket at Poynton, where I played from sort of nine, ten years old, all the way through to 21, really. But I was playing senior cricket from about 13, 12, 13 as well. At Poynton, I played junior cricket with some really good players over there for many years with like some Middlehurst and Kingham and Douglas and all those boys who you probably won't know, but they were good players who um, played first-team cricket point for many years. But I played at Parkside because my family was there, my dad was there, my mum did the tees. My first memories are going along to the game at Parkside, being wheeled out by my mum in the pram. And then when I was old enough to get out of the pram, I'd be playing around with people like Jabba, Johnny Knight, Kev there, Kev Baylor, and everybody else who was around there whose parents were playing. So it was very much a family club, and we were all there watching and watching our heroes play cricket. I got to play my first game, actually, by accident on a Sunday afternoon when I, I was probably about 11 or 12. And I was actually just infatuated with the game. I'd gone to watch my dad play a game in the cup at Mosley on a Sunday afternoon, and uh, someone didn't turn up. And I ended up saying, and Dad's like, do you want to play? So I'm like, yeah, yeah, and they just... Basically, I went out in my jeans and some trade jumper probably came down to just above my knees at the time. And I played. And, and obviously, I was I, I didn't bowl or anything like that. I just I ran around in the field and threw the ball in and did, just helped out. And unfortunately, right at the end of the game, I had to go in and have a bat. We needed something like 20-odd runs to win. Uh, one of the guys, who actually went and played cricket in Mac a few years later, a guy called Dave McCoy, was, was batting at the time. We were both, the two bowlers were lead team opening bowlers from Mosley. One was Selwyn and the other one was Dave Miller. I don't know any of the guys who listen to this will know these guys, but legends back in the day. And I went in, I only faced three balls at the end of an over. And Dave McCoy finished the game the over afterwards because this guy bowled three balls at me that I never saw. It's one of those situations where when you bowl quite quickly and a kid comes out, you don't want to hit him, so you try and pitch it up. He was trying so hard to pitch it up, he just kept pitching it short. And he just kept bouncing up and going past the So I never had to play one. So I played play three or four balls. Dave McCoy smashed the next over and won the game. And that that was my first memory of actually playing a competitive game, probably when I was about 11 or 12, something like that. Your first club or sort of formal club was, was Poynton, as you say, where you, where you played um, lots of your junior cricket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And did you receive kind of formal coaching there or what, what kind of what was what was the setup like for juniors back, back in the day, as it were? Very, very, very good. Po- Poynton were, I think Macclesfield were probably in the, in the top of, I mean, it was Darbridge, Darbridge and Cheshire League, I think it was Poynton were in them, but... We had people who came and coached us like, um, I don't know if you remember him now, he's probably a bit young, but Sunil Wetamuni and Siddharth Wetamuni, who both played for Sri Lanka. Dulip Mendes, who played for Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. So, over a four-year period where I was sort of growing up, where I was probably 11 through 15, these Sri Lankan guys were coming up. Before the Sri Lankans really got into international cricket, they were playing at Poynton, but they were also coaching the kids. And you'd have four lanes set up on a Friday night, and there were people batting it about most of the best part of 200, a bit like Max is now, really. I mean, it, Max developed to that stage over the last few years, but Point was very much like that. It was a great setup. All the nets were set up. Initially, you'd be playing on the outfield, just playing, setting up some stumps and playing an area about, I don't know, 30 yards by 30 yards or 25 by 25. Eventually, when you got older, you got to go to the nets and finger a few at your mates and get the pads on and try and hit it onto London Road from there, you know. <laughs> it's 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 really interesting you know you're comparing it with Macclesfield because um obviously our, our junior section has has come on leaps and bounds and, and we just have hundreds of kids now 
tearing around throughout the week, especially on Friday evenings. And and exactly the the scene you're describing is it sounds very reminiscent of of kind of what we have now at Max. So it's it's kind of lovely to to you know see that comparison. Years ago, when we came across from Parkside and Parkside and Mac amalgamated. Uh, Max Junior section wasn't flourishing that well, but Parkside's was. But when we first set up the uh, the Junior section at Parkside, it's myself, Gary Foy, and another couple of lads were involved in doing it all. And the first kit we got for the Junior setup at Parkside, I got from Poynton High School. So the relationship I had with the cricket club was similar to the one I had from the rugby club. Because obviously, I played rugby rugby for many years as well. And my old games teacher, a guy called Pete Jones, and I played rugby with his son Richard Jones. And I went to see Pete. And I said, look, we set up a junior section at Parkside. Have you got any kit? Old pads and balls and this. Well, bloody hell. He filled my car. Well, I filled my boot up with all this gear off Pete. Drove back over to show Gary on a Tuesday night training. He's like, brilliant. And the first nets ended up indoors in like the sports hall at the hospital at Parkside. So that's where we first started coaching the kids with the plastic balls and the pads. Well, well, that was all started. But I mean, Obviously, then the funding comes in and the, and the cricket associations, once you get that set up going, we'll start to fund it and help you get the newer gear. But our first gear came from Point High School, from Pete Jones, just getting a load of stuff out of the, out of the garage at the back of the gymnasium at the high school saying, don't tell anybody, Dave. This is a, it's a really good segue you've given me there, Dave, because obviously a few times you've you've mentioned Parkside um, Cricket Club, and quite a lot of people, I imagine, listening to the podcast may not even be aware of the fact that. Um, Originally, Macclesfield and Parkside um, were completely separate. And, and for those that don't know, Macclesfield's sort of main ground, its 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 first pitch is is on one side of a, a big long sort of uh, tree row, and on the the other side, which is only separated by about five meters between the two pitches, is what we now f- call the Parkside pitch, which is where the, the third team um, predominantly play their home team games. As Dave's been alluding to, uh, they were actually very separate clubs. Um, and, and I thought it'd be really interesting for you to kind of, you know, just tell everyone how that worked and, and then maybe discuss how the merger, uh, you know, happened and, and just kind of set the scene about they were very different clubs. They were absolutely, yeah. And for if I go back 30 years when people like Alan Sherratt were involved with the uh, cricket club over at Macclesfield, and my dad was chairman of the cricket club at Parkside, and a lot of the old stalwarts that were there had been around for years. I mean, Parkside Cricket Club developed as a senior club, only ever had a first and a second team. But developed initially, the cricket club was only born out of the fact that the hospital was had one of the biggest um, sports and leisure facilities in the country. And that was put together for all the doctors who were in the hospital and to give them some leisure time because that's some of the best um, doctors and clinicians and psychiatric nurses from around Europe came to work in Parkside. So they had so many high-paid people there, so many people there treating these people at Parkside Hospital. They put on sports facilities for us. The cricket ground was there for them. The sports hall was there for them. There was indoor football. There was a pool. There was everything there. So initially, the Parkside cricket team was based around being a bit of fun for the Parkside doctors and nurses who work there to do something on a Saturday afternoon and use that green base that's out there, you know. From that, I think over time, a few of the doctors either weren't really that interested or maybe became a bit competitive in the leagues they were playing in. My dad would tell you a lot more than I would obviously. I think Parkside itself has been going, as far as I'm aware, not, not far short, if not a little bit longer than Macclesfield Cricket Club had. And what happened was the mates of the doctors then came in and the side got stronger and shot stronger. They got into the Derbyshire and Cheshire League themselves and the High Peak League back in the year, back in the day. 
and it was very much about mates of mates coming in to make up the sides. As well as always, there was always people from the hospital, like Cy Griffiths, uh, Pete Sayers, uh, old guys like Martin Huff and John Nixon. I could go on with all these names that you guys just wouldn't know. But there was people in there that were for the hospital. And one of the big attractions for people to come and play with it, play there, I think, was A, it was a great, great place to play cricket, but B, they had a fantastic social club, Victoria Club. Now, that was a place where people went for a beer who were in the hospital or were in the hospital, they lived on the estate. And people, as you know, with all sports, people like to go and play somewhere where they know they can have a decent drink afterwards. And I think that that really created a massive family bias to what was going on there. I think it was a huge family club. And I was rolling forward to the point there where Alan Shellett, Sherrett from Macclesfield, came over. There was talks for an amalgamation between the two clubs. Discussions about Macclesfield building this state-of-the-art clubhouse, getting all this investment to go in there. We'll bring the two clubs together. But it was all about Macclesfield to take over. And we sat there and Aaron Sherrett came in. I like Alan. got a lot of time for him. After he'd come over with whoever the other two bods were he came over with at the time to discuss that with us, he went away, we sat down and went, everyone discussed what do you think? And we just thought, pretty arrogant person really, came across really badly. He came across as though he wanted to take over the club. And we just backed up and went, do you know what, we're not interested. We've got our own club, we'll keep it as it is. Macclesfield, you stay where you are. Parkside, we'll carry it as we are. And a Parkside first team at the time, my dad was probably, he probably finished playing second team by then, his age group. And there was a whole... Me and Jace Knight and Johnny Knight, Daz Jarvis, and all these guys were all coming through and all, all playing in that first team. Kev there. And then other people came from other clubs to play. And the club became a really, really good side. And, and then we developed the junior side that, that came through there as well. And people like young, young Melrose, young Jimmy came through. I'm not sure. I think they played the junior setup as well. I remember getting Jimmy through playing first team cricket with us when I was about the 13, 14. He was a great gloveman then. He couldn't get it off the bloody square, but he was a great glove. I think that he even got into our league team side within the first season of playing first team cricket. And then he got snapped up and dragged across to Mac and went and played there. And he's been at Mac ever since. But I think the amalgamation took a lot of time and a lot of people to change their attitudes between the two clubs before it became a reasonable idea. And I think a lot of that was down to the great junior setup that we pulled together. I think there was a weakening on the Macclesfield side. A lot of the old guard had gone. We started, the, the, the start of it really came from when they started to do the work around the hospital, the start of the amalgamations, start when they, they knocked down Victoria Club, which was a fabulous bar, lots of cheap beer, pool tables, snooker tables. There was always a wedding on and there was always a bit of dancing going on on a Saturday night after the cricket. It was that much fun in there that away teams would stop on the way past and come in for a beer with us. And the place would be packed, honestly, till one, half one, two o'clock in the morning. Brilliant. And they, and they knocked it down and they started the work on Parkside. So once they knocked that down, I was like, where, where they'll be going? And we went out to, what's the pub at Henry on the crossroads? Pack Horse. Pack Horse, yeah. That was interesting going back in there. I know a few people in there that I've met around Macclesfield after uh, games of rugby. I think it was a pub where if you were banned from every other pub in Macclesfield, they'd let you in the pack horse. <laughs> so some interesting characters in there, very much uh, like the Star Wars bar. But, it was, but to be fair, they were great with us. They were good for a couple of years. But then we decided, you know what? More and more juniors are, are, are getting more and more involved. We probably need to keep it close to the club. We were starting to talk about Amalgamate and Mac and how we join the teams together. So as a bunch of lads, we went over and started drinking in the clubhouse at Mac. And some of the guys who were playing first team cricket, second team cricket back at Mac back in the day 20 years ago, remember there was a certain crew there who just they spent more time going out drinking around Wilmslow than they were drinking their own social club. 
So we pretty much have that bar to ourselves a lot of the time. But then we used to have a right good cracking map there, just in the bar at my cricket club. I think as time went by, the junior development and the juniors coming together was the start of bringing the clubs together. And I think from there, and the junior section at Macclesfield not being as good as it had been previously, the junior section at Parkside getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Macclesfield obviously being the bigger club than Parkside, playing a much higher level of club, well, playing in a higher league than Parkside were, certainly some great players there as well. I think it just started there, the amalgamation. I think that's where it came from. And we sort of, we enjoyed hanging about there before we went into town at night. It's back in the day when they used to go out into town. <laughs> and you saw some good times around there. I think, but even before that, it's probably 10 years before that, that we actually, between the two clubs, decided we'd take one of the panels down in the tins. So the two panels that have been down between the club for so many years, that you'll have seen before we've taken them all down recently and put the picket fence. They've been down for years. The man lads would come round and walk around our ground while we were playing. And we do the same. We'd go and stand there between the two grounds. I've stood there and watched. I remember the days, I remember at Parkside when I was a kid, when Steve Scragg, who's a bit older than me, Steve, I remember when he used to bowl in the nets when I was first coming through and batting and how quick he was. And before you knew it, Steve Scragg was playing for Mac and he was opening the ball with Oliver with Holmesy. And I'd stand and watch them two there, and it's, honestly, it was just a dream for somebody who wanted to bowl quick and never really did. But <laughs> the two lads, as they were, seeing how quick it could be and watching that deck over there, it was fantastic. They're obviously getting to watch people like Darren Berry when he came over and played at Mac as well, another fabulous cricketer. I remember we, one day we spent more time watching Darren Berry get 170 against Poynton than we did actually watching our own game, you know. So... The amalgamation was coming anyway. The relationship, the barriers were getting broken down. But for a long time, I think there was a bit of a, a clash. Yeah, I th- I, it's something I've I've heard said before that the uh, the amalgamation was was um, a sort of a process that took a while, and uh, lots of people had to get their heads around it, and um, you know maybe develop their attitudes. I won't go as far as say change them. Um, do, do you remember what year this actually happened? Well, the, believe it or not, the year they amalgamated, I've been. I'd just finished 25 years playing at Parkside. So I played since I was like 12. And I'd just finished with 25 years. I left and went to play for Wilmslow. Before I came back to Mac, I went to Wilmslow for, I can't remember, I think it was two seasons I spent at Wilmslow and came back. And Jabba took over the captaincy off me at Parkside. And pretty much, I would say it's probably about 17, maybe 30 or 15, 16, 7, I'll remember back on Mac, probably 15, 16 years. I would say it's 18 years ago, 19 years ago. I was under the impression it was sort of early 2000s, like 2002, 2003, something like that. So obviously um, you, you said that you've played a couple of seasons at Wilmslow, um, but I uh, just want to move over to your, your Macclesfield stats now and just talk about your, your time at Mac. If I if we look at your um, stats on play cricket and the, the always the caveat, I can't promise that every game that you've ever played is, is going to be on here. Your earliest recorded game for, for Macclesfield would have been 2005 um, and ac- according to this you played two games in 2005 one game in 2006 and two games in 2007 how accurate that is I couldn't tell you you played seven games in 2008 and then from 2009 onwards it's sort of 20 games a year so I think that's probably when the stats become a little bit more reliable uh, but needless to say your earliest game was uh, 2005 in, in which you scored one not out um, but if we uh, if we go over all of your recorded stats, Dave, um, 
you've played 261 games for Macclesfield um, with 220 innings, 53 not outs, 3,123 runs with a highest score of 85. And it is fair to say that you are a genuine all-rounder, so we will look at your bowling as well. You have, you've bowled 1,610.3 overs with 254 maidens. I'm feeling it, <laughs> 310 wickets uh, with a best bowling of 7 for 54, 7 5 wicket hauls, an economy rate of 3.7. Um, you're averaging a very, very respectable 19.6 as well. So, and, and your catches, mate, uh, all time catches, you have 40 and 5 runouts, and your, your, your biggest haul would have been 2015 where you took 7 catches. And one run out, but as as with everything, who knows what was or wasn't recorded on play cricket? So I'm sure you're going to tell me it's at least triple that. No oh, idea. I don't. It, it doesn't matter to me. It's double. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, um, yeah. As I say, you, you very much are a, a genuine all rounder. Um, would would you? I've never asked you this question actually. Would you consider yourself a a, a bowling all rounder or a batting all rounder? Uh, I'd love to be about an all-rounder, but I'm not. <laughs> a few good knocks over my years. I even scored three decent centuries over the years as well. But every time I've, if you take that for example, every time I've scored a hundred, I've never done it in less than or more than about sixty balls. So I'm not very patient. <laughs> you, uh, you do like a big shot. I think it's fair to say. Um, so, Dave, there's there's a few there's a few games I, I want to bring up. The first one um, is your highest recorded score. For, oh no, it's not. That's a lie. It's not your highest recorded score, but um, it was a game that I did want to to feature. Um, you scored seventy five in this game, and it was also um, a season where you were captain of the second team for Mac. So this is from um, the twenty ninth of August two thousand and fifteen. And this is Macclesfield second team uh, versus Cheadle uh, second team. Um, Cheadle won the toss um, and elected to field. Um, the batting that day for Mac was opened by uh, Jason Knight and uh, Nipper. Jim Melrose uh, batted three, as you alluded to earlier, couldn't hit it off the square and he got none that day. So He, could, he was a lot bigger then when he was playing then than he was team <laughs> um there was uh mac needless to say we're in we're in a bit of trouble um jason and i got six nipper ground out 20 nothing from jim a few from froggy uh adnan was run out surprise surprise <laughs> craig melrose was run out as well curly and yourself and uh, the general steve whittingham rather sort of rescued the innings um and as i say it was very much a captain's knock from yourself do you, do you remember much about this game i do actually do you, do you know what not 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 so much about the game i, I remember hitting one ball um an asian lad dropped short to me that i hit over the back of the hospital and we never found it and that was a shot but aside from that i don't remember much about the game itself i remember more about how important the game was because it was Cheadle. We played Cheadle earlier on in the season. Boulders out for 30, something like that. A guy, old fellow, Witters, I think his name was Doolan, something like that. And he just, he just, he was, oh, he put everything on a length and we just, we acted like we're all still drinking from the night before and we just got bowled out for 30. And we got, we got, the game was over by about three, probably earlier. And we played in the following week in the 2020 and we beat him. So we played this side of the 2020, more or less the same side. And we beat them and we were just delighted. So when we kept brought them back to our place, it was a case of, right, OK, let's let's get this done. Let's, let, John might be thinking of the wrong season. But however, it was the same team. It was like, let's get them back. And then we lost wickets here that was like, 
we're not getting bowled out for 30 again. There's no way. We're just not getting bowled out. That's the lowest total I've ever been bowled out for in my entire career playing for 40 odd years. I thought never again. So initially it was just a case of hang about. Now I think one, it's the middle, and you're just trying to hit everyone after that. Really. So I think I hit quite a few of them. Yeah, you certainly did. Um, you were uh, you were batting. Uh eight that day and as i say a, a real captain's knock um so mac posted 187 um all out off their 47.3 overs uh, it took to to bowl mac out um in reply uh cheadle um were all out for 175 um in 51.3 overs so incredibly close and tense game uh, you didn't actually bowl this day dave that doesn't if I got seven hundred mid bat, would imagine I'm a cripple. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was Craig Melrose and Robbie Peel opening the bowling, and then and then the, the spin twins of uh, Liam Markey and and, and Witters. Leroy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good old yeah, Leroy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, do, do you remember much about their their innings? Obviously, Mac ran out winners. Very tight game in the end. Not really. No. <laughs> well, needless to say, you, uh, as I say, put a put a captain's knock on the board that day. How, how many years did you captain the twos for, Dave? Only a couple, I think. I'm sure yeah. it was two. A couple. I was vice captain to Curly for a couple. And I think I was captain for, I think it was just two years. Might have been three, but I think it was two. And I thought it was just the right time to get, I know Craig and Jimmy were, were keen to, to get a grip of it, I thought, you know, it'd be a good time for those guys to, to get involved and do that. You know, someone younger. So, so many good players around with good experience around the club, you know, who needed to be involved in doing stuff like rather old blokes like me, you know. Just just for uh, for, for interest's sake, um, that season um, that you were captain, I, th- I think it was your second year as captain, 2015, um, Macclesfield were playing in the second 11 Premier Division um, for Cheshire County Cricket League, and uh, they finished uh, mid-table in sixth, um, 22 games, seven wins, uh, 10 losses, um, uh, a couple have rained off and, and, and four draws. So, Dave, the, the next game I want to move on to um, is a game from to the 2014 season. Uh, this is Macclesfield's second team uh, versus Didsbury's second team. Um, this is the game that you, you actually took your, um, your best bowling figures in. Um, which were 20 overs, no maidens, seven for 54. So this is obviously back in the uh, back in the time where overs were somewhat unrestricted. Um, first, first thing I want to know is how did you feel after bowling 20 overs? I felt I remember that. You know, was actually I only came in to break things up because I had a struggle early on. It, it didn't go well for Jimmy Knight and. I'm not so sure Joe was really getting it right, but bowling okay. And I thought we need to. And Burnsy being Burnsy, always just wanted to wait for it and drivers. And it's such an annoying character, but such a good cricketer, Burnsy, the opening bat for them. You want to get him and him and, and Stoneman, they're two guys you really want to get rid of. And we're just giving Burnsy too much. I thought, you know what? I'll just come up and <sighs> Roger there, umpired, and he was a good partner for me, Roger. You know, I just thought what we'll do is if we can get a couple on Burnsy's pads because he stands in front, Roger might just give me one. And as it was, I think we got Burnsy caught in the covers or something quite early. I thought, well, gee, me being me, I'll, I'm captain, I'll bowl. So I get on. I probably have three wickets in eight and nine overs. I thought, right, I'll come off. And, and I think it was, it was vice captain. Was it Curls? It might have been Curls. I can't remember. But Curls gets like, you're not coming off yet. Have another one. I don't want another one. I said, all right, let's give somebody else a go. So it's okay. We get through these now. Said, Just have another one. Right, I'll have another one. And this went on for 12 overs. When I tried to come off, and I kept saying, I don't know if Jimmy was playing as well, but I remember Curly kept saying, no, I'm another one, you're not coming off yet. 
By the time I'd finished that, miss, my only t- well, it was a few times I bowled 20 overs through from one end. My back was like plasticine. Honestly, oh, God. The pain. So I would imagine if we're batting, I was probably batting at 11 because I couldn't even get out of the changing room after bowling those that many overs. But the only reason I bowled them, and the only re- I've always said, Miles, if you bowl enough overs, you'll take wickets. You know, at the end of the day. And that's what I did that day. I bowled a lot of overs and took wickets. But I only did bowl those overs because Curly and the rest of the lads kept saying, keep going, DC, keep going, DC. DC, I, I cannot believe that for a second. I'm, I'm going to have to have that story corroborated by Curly at some point because as I alluded to in your introduction, I, I defy anybody to take the ball off you if you've got more than one or two wickets. Um, but I'll, I'll believe you for now. That is only within a six-over spell. Anytime after six overs, you can have that ball nowadays. I'm 54, you know, at the end of the day, and I've been getting older all the time. <laughs> I realise I've played this game all through my 40s for that club and late 30s as well. And with all the rugby I've played as well over a 40-year period, it generally costs me somewhere between 400 and 700 quid a season to keep my back straight. So, you know, it, you can take that ball off me a lot easier nowadays or have been able to over the last 10 years than you used to be able to. However, if I'm bowling crap and I've only bowled two overs, you want to take me off? I'll have an argument there because actually I'm, I don't get warm until my third or fourth over. No, I, I've, I have learned that over the years that um, it's, it's best not to uh, to discuss whether you should or shouldn't be bowling until you've had at least three or four overs. Correct. <laughs> well, in in the context of this game, it, it, it wasn't a great one for Mac because, as I say, Did, Didsbury posted 177 uh, with a, with a seven, seven for you for yourself. Oh, didn't we? Yeah, and in reply, um, yeah, we, we certainly did get rolled. Um, you you, you were batting 10, in fact, so you, you didn't give yourself uh, the, the the great pleasure of batting 11 like I do every week. Um, you, yeah, yeah. you batted 10. But yeah, Mac were, Mac were rolled for, for 70 odd that day. So um, not not the uh, the greatest of results, but I did think it was Mirth mentioning, um, you know, best bowling figures for yourself. Moving uh, moving swiftly onwards, um, the last game I, w- I want to talk about was, was actually the last game that you well, for now, will have played um, formerly on league cricket, um, which was the last game of last season. Um, in, in the last few years, um, you have uh, come down to play a little bit more third-team cricket than second-team cricket. Um, yeah. And I'm very much, as I said in the introduction, um, you know, considered one of the senior pros and, and certainly in, in, in the third team. Um, you know, having your experience around is, is a great thing for, for a great many of us. Um, but as I say, yeah, Last game you've you've played for now until you change your mind um, ah. competitively on a Saturday um, and and you did you did rather chip in uh, with a bit of a contribution, Dave. Now you you this this game has been discussed um, once already on the on the podcast uh, with the the third team review, um, so it will be interesting to hear your take on it. Um, and and just to remind those that have forgotten uh, this is a game i missed uh, because i rather inconveniently was getting married which i've no doubt you you will now give me a spray for <laughs> you know my thoughts weddings in the cricket season it's always been the same my dad told me many years ago you don't get married in the cricket season it's as simple as that it's a rule obviously you've not been playing senior cricket too long miles so you don't, nobody's really told you about that rule but if you're going to do it again don't do it in the cricket season <laughs> i will <laughs> I will take it under advisement. Thanks, Dave. Um, so basically, this is Macclesfield 13 versus Middlewich second team. Yeah. Uh, Middlewich won the toss, um, elected to field. Bear in mind, the last time they played us, uh, they they won the toss and batted and, and got skittled for 60-odd. For um, 
do, do you remember much about the toss? Um, Chris Flint, deputised in my in, in my absence, has has learnt to be a useless tosser, probably from me. And and I, um, he didn't win the toss that day. Do you, do you remember if there was much discussion about it? I, d- I don't think so. No, I, I can't. I can't remember the toss. I can't honestly. I can't remember winning the toss, losing the toss, whatever. I remember the only thing I remember about the day was a few of the lads got. I think Mitchy got some lugs by really well. And uh, he did, you know, one of Mitch's knocks that he should really do a lot more through the season if he's in the right place. If he's a good player, and I think Mitchy got quite a few. When Mitchy gets in, it's just great, just great. So I remember sitting back in the sun, just thinking I'm not going to be needed. <clears throat> then again, the perfection from personal point of view. Oh, there you go, DC. Again, there's an over left. Go in and have a look. So I went and had a look and got bowled out first ball, <laughs> which is just really I thought epitomised my my cricketing career. Certainly my batting. Going back to the old, the uh, all rounder again, definitively, and there's more chances when you got a ball in the hand than there is than when you got a bat in your hand. So, if you're going to be an all rounder, be a bowler all rounder. It's the way forward. Very much so. Um, I I think uh, Radders, uh, Tom Radley, who's rather a man after your own heart in many ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah he did. Certainly, with the batting, kind of came in and uh, maybe uh, took took over where 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 you have uh, now since now left off. But uh, he, he whacked thirty odd. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. And as you, as you said, Mitch uh, ground out 61. Uh, so, Mac post 185. Um, you know, Q cometh the hour, cometh the man. Were you, uh, was there much discussion between you and Flinty about uh, what what was happening with the bowling? Obviously, you didn't open your first change. I think at the point where you're not opening, you're just sort of thinking, you know what I mean? I, I, I don't think there's, there's much going on with this side. It, it shouldn't last too long. I'm probably not going to get a bowl. I think I was just, I'm, no, middle, played against some of those Middlewitz lads. I played against their first team, their second team, and I've played against their third team over the years. Some of them I've known for, for 20 odd, 30 odd years, you know. And I just looked to the side and I thought, this, this surely can't last long. But we didn't make the inroads we thought we could do early on. And I've got to say, it was just, what you had to do was pitch the ball up, to be fair. They couldn't see it. It's like they've been drinking more than I used to do when I was a kid. And I thought, well, to be fair, I had to have a couple of, it was probably typified my career. Got a few wickets. And had a good argument with three or four different umpires while they kept turning down LBWs that were just going straight through the middle, you know. And one even turned around and said, you've known me long enough that by now, Dave, to know that I'm only going to give it when it's out. And I looked at him, I couldn't even bring myself to say anything. So the next ball hit him on the pads again. And I turned around and screamed, well, he gave that. Shit, he's, sorry. He was a bit worried when I turned around and shouted at him. And he just, finger went straight up. So, took my way couple, locked Mr. Couple, but there you go. Well, you, you you were first changed that day, and and uh, Radders and uh, Ed Strong opened the bowling and and picked up one between them, and and I think um, as I say, cometh the hour, cometh the man. You, you chipped in with uh, uh, a very appropriate five foot in your last game, um, and and took uh, Max Rees well on the way to, to winning the game, which they did. You also uh, helped yourself to a run out, I believe, as is accredited yeah, yeah. on the scorecard. Can you can confirm or deny that? No, it's true. Very good. Um, yeah, as I say, for now that that that's your uh, your last um, la- last league league match. Um, first ball duck, Milo. Very proud of that first ball duck in my last game. I've just patted myself on the back for ages about. <laughs> well, you know, from one man to another who loves a duck. Um, yeah, it's 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 always nice when it comes off, and you can congratulate yourself. Um, and and just to finish it off, Mac obviously did win the game. Um, in the end, and we won't talk about Froggy Matthews too for if you don't want to. Oh, bloody hell, forgot about that as well. Yeah, Froggy bowling, yeah. It's how he can. 
he can. I wouldn't say he's not consistent, but if he bowled more, he can definitely. He's got a bit of drift, the big man, hasn't he? Yeah, he certainly has. Um, I mean, and the good thing is, if you had him bowling, you wouldn't worry about where you have to put him in the field, would you? <laughs> no comment. Um, although I can't, I can't talk, Dave, because he took two or three absolutely outrageous catches in the slips off me last season. So, um, yeah. Out of interest, how many catches did you take last year? Did I take? Uh, I took two catches last year and one run out, Dave. So uh, very, very paltry in comparison to your efforts. Right. Okay. So that that's obviously maybe there's there's something in it that either we're not getting enough edges or maybe slip fielding just might not be that place that you need to stay. <laughs> to be fair, Dave. Um, I didn't actually drop any at slip for the threes last year. I dropped one off Witters in a second team game uh, that actually you were playing in with me. I remember um, that. Yeah, he he the ball, yeah. It was a really low schnick. And, uh, yeah, that was I, the game where Frenchy took me off for taking two wickets and three overs. He thought he'd finish it off, wasn't it? Near the end where his back stiffened up and he's like, he's made out of glass. DC comes on, picks up a couple of wickets and Frenchy thinks, here we go, I'll get a couple to finish it off. Bloody captain's miles, I tell you. Correct. Um, the the thing that I remember most about that day is is the fact that um, Frenchy tried to have me killed by making me stand at uh, silly mid off. But um, there we are. Uh, moving swiftly onwards, Dave. Um, as 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 has been the case with all the uh, the episodes, we've, we're going to move on to the quick fire questions, uh, which which have been troubling some. I have a feeling they're not going to trouble you because you're a, you're a man of strong resolve. So let's let's give it a whirl. Uh, nickname. Before we start this, you know I struggle with one word answers though, yeah? Correct. Okay. Nickname. Big ears. I didn't expect that, did you? <laughs> I didn't. Very good. Left or right-handed? Right. Battle ball. Both. Fielding position. Where I should be or where I go? I'm not I'm not answering these questions for you, Dave. You tell me. Mid on. Mid off. Test or T20? Test. Best cricketer you've played with? I've got to be honest, there's been so many. There really has been so many played with and against. But I've got to say that back in the Parkside days, we had a captain there called Pete Sayers, who every year is an opening batsman. And Parkside, if you imagine that Parkside's deck now is probably 10 times better than it ever was when we uncovered wickets and everything else as well. He opened the batting, Pete, for Christ, 10 years. I don't think he ever scored less than 750 runs. He scored more than 1,000 runs a lot of the time. I've seen him score 150, 160, 170. He's probably not the best all-round cricketer that I've ever played with, but he's the best one that I've played with. And I've seen, had the privilege of seeing him score runs on a day-after-day basis who can dig in when you need it. And a great player. I'd, I'd put Pete up there. There's, there's, there's a few, but I'd put Pete Sayers up there because of his captaincy, because we runs on those decks. He did. He dragged the team through, as a lot of opening batsmen will do over the years, dragged the team through and helped us win a lot of games with 150, 170 on the board, you know. Very good. Um, fastest bowler you faced? Fastest bowler faced. I'd have to go back. I don't think, with the greatest respect to the second team Prem, apart from one game when I played against Old Edge many years ago, when there's a couple of first team lads coming back from injury, they were both sharpish. But I think playing on the deck at back, it's never actually that quick. Whereas years ago, playing on the decks at Parkside, you never knew what it was going to do. Or playing at Parks, we used to play against Bollington and Burnage and Wilmslow and Bison, and all these other teams. I'd say that one of the quickest to face was probably a Kiwi called Craig Finlay. Um, 
but I'd say the fastest ball I ever faced was in the nets off a rugby mate of mine called Paul Clark. And we just played that. I think was it was a centenary game or a president's game or something that Burge was playing. I think it was the day when Burge got Jabber out or something like that. And, and I think Bert was playing and it was Rossi playing. I can't remember. But we'd had a bowl and I was walking around having a pint with flip-flops and my shorts. And Clarkie was there with his kids, with Max's Mandy Clark, Paul Clark, Alfie and Mimi. And they're all playing in the nets. And he's got the bowling machine. Someone left the bowling machine out. So Clarkie's got it. I, I played rugby with Clarkie for many, many years. He's not a cricketer. He's a rugby player. He's a bit of a thug. And... He's got this ball, he's bowling these balls at the kids. And I've got flip-flops and shorts on. And he's like, decent. Just go show Alfie how to do this here. And I'm like, see it, Mr. Clarky. So yeah, I'll just put your on down there. Just show, show him how to do that press forward shot you do like that. And me, I've had one pint. He's done it all afternoon. I go and stand at the end of the net there with my flip-flops. Turn the thing up to 95 mile an hour. I was only 15 yards away. It was right by the edge of the bay. He fired this thing at me. And it just flew down. Missed me completely. Went straight up. I just jumped out of the way of it, hit the deck. Like somebody just shot a bullet at me. But without a doubt, that's the fastest ball I've ever faced. <laughs> that is undeniably something I can imagine Clarkie doing. Uh... <laughs> ah, I, I tell you what, he was so close to getting a crack, and it'd been a long time since me and him had fallen out. So close. He thought it was funny. Flattered when he thought it was funny. <laughs> Well, I, I hate to tell you, Dave, but I mean, especially as you, you didn't result in permanent long-lasting injury, it is quite a funny story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> moving swiftly onwards, messiest in the dressing room. Messiest? Oh, Christ, there's so many. Any one of the Moses. <laughs> oh, they are going to be absolutely livid about that. That's that's fantastic. Um, longest in the shower? Not allowed to say myself, am I? I say whiskers. He takes ages, and he hasn't got any hair to wash. It's unbelievable. He takes ages. It's, it's very true, he does. Um, first thing on your plate of teas, drink of choice. Stella. Takeaway of choice. Curry. Dance move of choice. Backdrop followed by the quarter splits. <laughs> oh, next, time, next time we're in the clubhouse, if we ever get out of this lockdown, you're doing that. Thanks, John. Five years of going out to Northern Soul all night, going over to Rotherham, Wigan, Morecambe, everywhere else doing that. To be fair, mate, I never did the court splits. I've done a few back. Right, three dream dinner guests. Who are they? Three dream dinner guests. Donald Trump, Robert De Niro, and Pep Guardiola. Very good. Uh, DC, um, a bit of an odd one, but I'll ask you this anyway. Aims for this season, if we get any cricket, and next season. I aim is just to get out and do something and just get some fresh air, man. To be honest, if we do start playing, I'll get down the nets and roll them over, play a bit of uh, over 40s. I've told the lads at the Ash I'll play with them on a Sunday. I've got to be honest, I was doing some work in the back garden, my back's gone again. So I bought myself a heat lamp and I'm icing it up. So it doesn't even need cricket for my back to go. bloody <laughs> 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 lockdown. So I've got to be careful. I don't want to, I don't want to play too much. We'll see how we get on, but. Anything that's available, I'll be getting out in the fresh air and having a bit of a run round. Very good. Uh, DC, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, any closing remarks? Anything you want to say? Oh, 